Uh, Brad, we've been knowing each other for a long time, man. Facts. So uh, I just wanted to let you know that you are no longer better than me at basketball. You're still a good guy, though, but you're no longer better than me at basketball. You don't have a response for that? <laughs> I'm sorry. you. I froze. What happened? <laughs> What'd you say? I, I, for some reason, the internet didn't pick up what you just said. You said? Now I see you moving, bro. Huh? <laughs> I see you moving. <laughs> what you mean? <laughs> you saw me moving? I'm not sure what you tried to say. I couldn't hear you. It was it was a little little choppy. Welcome to another episode of the Elevated Barbers Podcast. We are here together once again. My name is Bradford Kelly. I'm the owner of Another Level of Barbering, and I'm here with my hilarious... <laughs> I don't even know what words other to describe him than he's hilarious royalty, Delmar Beer. Go ahead and introduce yourself. This is the Prince, owner of Royal Lex Grooming, and uh, welcome to episode three, you guys. We are here, man, episode three, and I don't want to waste too much time today because I feel like today's topic is going to be something that a lot of people are interested in because as you have probably been doing, Delmar, you've been telling the clients to to take a look at the podcast and and enjoy themselves. Absolutely. I, so, I also have been doing the same, and so <clears throat> today's topic is going to be about relationships and especially between the barber and the client and how should these relationships go because man how close should a person get to you as a as a barber as a business owner how close should they get to you um this is going to have some good uh, re uh client relationship stories different mm -hmm. things of how we've bonded with our clients but even some uh learning lessons that we've had to learn throughout our journey in regards to how close you should get to your clientele and how you're able to keep a business relationship with your uh, clients that we all, I will, I can't say everybody calls them, but a lot of my clients are literally friends. So how do you keep that business relationship with them? Keep your friendship, but also keep it business. This is going to be a very, very interesting uh, conversation today. So Delmar, let me open up with asking you a specific question. And I don't want you to I don't want you to get shocked by the question I'm about to ask you. Don't you get shocked? It shouldn't be shocking. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be. be shocking. Okay. But do you say that you have a large clientele from like a time perspective, like over the course of your profession? Do, would you say that you have a large client client base? Um, uh, yeah, I can't really put a number on it, but okay, my uh, throughout the years, my clientele has either they've grown with me or they've changed, and I've gained new people. Right. Okay. So, right. um, that could be because of many things, but. Um, I still have some of the people who've been here with me from the beginning. So that's what I wanted to get to. Kudos that to them. Right there. Kudos. Kudos to them. to them for sure. But that's what I wanted to get to. And you said something that I think is key to this whole conversation is your clients have actually grown with you. Mm -hmm. A lot of your clients have grown grown with you. Now, how long have you been in the industry? Um, so <clears throat> Unofficially, I've been involved with barbering for 18 years, but I've been licensed for 12 years. Okay. So have you do you have a few people that's from the 18-year mark? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And you uh -huh. you have one of them. He he moved to California. You have one of one of my very first people that started letting me cut their hair. You like a Who? big brother of mine. Dre? Yeah. Yeah. Hey! Hey. <laughs> so I'm glad he went to you, you know. Yeah, Dre's a I good guy. I know he's taking care of, yeah. Yeah, Dre's a good guy. It took a while for him to come to me, though. Oh, it really, really did. Yeah, he, 
he was just doing at home cuts for a while because he doesn't he couldn't you know like you you must have had an impact in his life. I don't know. You 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 changed his life for the better, and he <laughs> didn't know how to adjust to it <laughs> until the pandemic. Like <laughs> he was out here for a while, but then post pandemic he started to fellowship. So, um, no, okay. So Dre was one. All right. So you've had a few people. Uh, would you be able to give a number, like a gauge of how many people have stayed with you since the eighteen year mark? Man, I probably still have about three or four people from the eighteen year mark. Mm-hmm. That's and everybody good. else. I still, so I still have a lot of people from the twelve year mark too, though. Yeah, we got to get to that. We got to get to that. So, the eighteen year mark. Um, that was when you was still operating in your your junior barber dreams. Yeah, you hadn't. Yeah, you was a criminal barber. I, I was. I wasn't gonna call you that because you became legitimized. But you was at that point. You was uh, what's that boy's name off American Gangster? I forgot. But you was Frank you Lucas. was Frank Lucas. Yeah, you was Frank Lucas out there. <laughs> hey, Frank made a lot of money though. He did make a lot of money, but he was a criminal. Yeah, he was a criminal. But he would have been a brilliant businessman, man. Like oh, yeah. legitimately, he was a brilliant business person, but he was just unofficial. So therefore, he got arrested for being out of the confines of the law. Right. Anyways, uh, so you're cutting hair and you build relationships with these individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, they stick with you all the way till you get to your license. You get your license, and now what would you say? was some of the reasons why you were able to grow what were some of the reasons that you were able to grow was do you feel like it was just only your skill set that allowed your clientele to grow do you feel that the way that you were able to conduct yourself and communicate with your clients do you feel like you, did you build a relationship with them how did you feel that happen um so for me three words jump off the top of my head which is professionalism. Um, two would be dedication. And then three would be ambition. So um, being that I worked in customer service years prior to that, um, I worked at Walmart. And then um, I also had experience to come out to California and be a part of Javant's on an intern for two months. So um, I learned how to be professional in this line of work and um you know customers can come to you for just your skills but if you don't have a professionalism or you know you don't have good customer service skills then you know anybody can do a pretty decent cut right but what is it about you that um that draws them to you or what makes them to come back to you it has to be more than just being able to do a nice fade and a, a nice line. So that was always something that stuck in the forefront of my mind because when I got into the industry, I didn't look at other barbers per se. I looked at myself, I always looked at myself as a business. So I looked at, you know, your Chick-fil-A's, they have great customer service. Um, Walmart used to have good customer service. I don't know about it. I honestly do not remember Walmart ever have a good customer service. They, they did at my Walmart. Man, I've I've just never seen it. Every time I go in there, it'd be clothes on the ground. Yeah. People looking at you like, why are you here? Or they don't want to help you. Right. But hey, this is not a bash Walmart episode. No, let's let's keep it Walmart. moving. Yeah. They're a business for a reason. <laughs> so when it comes to dedication, I always studied my craft. I learned, I truly believe that in order to be good at something, you have to dedicate time to it. And whether that would be me talking to other barbers or um, being on YouTube, I went to YouTube University. Like it wasn't a lot about cutting hair that uh, the Veda Institute of Cosmetology taught me. I learned a lot of stuff from you know, YouTube University, and of course, my my time being with you, and then um, you know, I learned a lot from Traven. Um, he's a another brother of ours. Yeah. But um, even though he was younger than me, and I entered to the game, the industry before he did, he was a faster learner than I was, and uh, um, 
you know, when I got in the shop with him, if I wasn't cutting, I would just sit around him and pick his brain to see what he's doing, watch his technique. And then as far as my ambition, um, I think we stated on episode one, like, you know, I went to college and college didn't work out for me. And I got tired of working at Walmart. Not that anything is wrong with Walmart, but for me, I had got tired of, you know, doing all that work and then getting paid every two weeks. That was just me. Um, so my ambition is, <clears throat> is, is crazy. Sometimes I have to control it because I can be over ambitious and, you know, with being over ambitious, you can, your work life balance can be off. So yeah. I had to learn to monitor that and learn, okay, Hey, you need to take a step back. But early on in my career, it was okay to be ambitious. I wasn't married. I was at home, um, you know, with my parents, but I also knew that eventually I wanted to get from under my parents' roof and, and get my own. And, um, you know, I was just real ambitious about becoming better as a barber and just being independent too. So I would say that's the three things that um, carried me to building a strong clientele. Okay. So as you begin to build your clientele, it's, it's almost kind of feeling like an interview at this point, and I like it. <laughs> I like it too. Let's go. Yeah. So as he takes a drink of his water, um, so as you begin to um, find your ambition um, and your drive to move forward, you begin to uh, commit to being dedicated to the craft, um, to learning it, taking your time, like you said, going to YouTube University as well as in-person university. Um, and then you begin to just, what was the first one you said? The first one I believe I said was professionalism. Yes, professionalism. So you always approach the industry as a business. You use Chick-fil-A as an example. For some reason, you use Walmart. And you begin to say that, all right, these three things anchored your growth. How do you feel that connection? How do you feel it built your relationships with your clients? Do you even feel that? those things cause the relationship with your clients or do you feel that this is just what you were focusing on and then they just appreciated but there was no real relationship built off of that what do you think so in terms of me building relationships with my clients i think all three of those things played a, a key role in my clients coming back to me but two um just from i'm not saying i have people skills or uh, superb people skills, but just watching different people, I've always been able to adapt to the, the person or adapt to the situation. So if there's a client that I've played ball with or there might be a client who always talks about sports or whatever, you know, I like sports, especially basketball, so I can kind of relate to them. <clears throat> so it's, a, it's, it's really about trying to find what you can relate to in a person and you might not relate to anything in a person. It's okay. But that relationship is still a relationship because it may just be strictly, um, Barbara client relationship, you know, versus we have some clients who I've played ball with some clients. Um, you know, I have some clients that will talk to me offline. They'll text me or whatever. Um, uh, you know, just a real cool, relationship nothing too heavy nothing too deep because at the end of the day i still believe in keeping uh business and personal separate but um wait how do you do that because that's that's good that's good that you brought it up but we can't just breeze past it like you didn't say it and it was it's something that everybody knows how to do because for all the people that's watching um, and if you if you know of any barber, any any professional that deals with relationship and clients issues and different things like that, please share this um, with the YouTube community. You can send the YouTube um, or the Apple uh, podcast or the Spotify podcast, like share share it with different people, because we do are trying to grow this channel and we are trying to build this community. But it does apply to more than barbers. So share it with anybody that, you know, mm -hmm. that you think that this information would be good. But we can't breeze past the fact that you just said business is business and keep your personal personal and that we have to keep a clear line between that for the sake of our clientele and for the sake of yourself, too. Mm -hmm. But how do you do that? How did or when did you even realize that was a thing that you needed to do? Um. Well, that's just one of the principles in 
the business world is to keep business business and personal personal but i think in our line of work as far as being a barber because it's such a um we're in such a personal space you know especially with me now that i'm in a suite and i know you probably experienced this too like yeah. i'm no longer in a traditional barbershop setting so i've been in my suite just to give a little backstory i was i've been in my suite for a year now but prior to that i had been in a barbershop setting for you know maybe 10 years 10 years me and Trayvon was at mvp almost eight years um so just being in that space in 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 my own suite i noticed that a lot of my clients now they open up to me more than they would have when we when i was at a traditional barbershop set it's because there's no one else around it's just you and them um and they feel that they can be more transparent it can be more vulnerable which is cool but it's sometimes it's like it can be a bit much just because of you know we we have our own personal things that we deal with too and yeah you know and then you kind of take on everyone else's conversation other people's burden you could i, I feel for people you know yeah so, yeah you know um i try to be a listening ear because you never know some people may need that you know yeah. some people their outlet is coming to the barbershop and opening up to their barber they confide in their barber and you know you're trying to get too personal but i mean sometimes it does happen and it's it's kind of hard to separate the two because yeah you know clients look at you as their friend i my i have clients that tell me like man you're not just my barber you're my friend some people yeah. consider me yeah. a brother and it's not that we hang out outside of work but that hour that they have with me in the shop that's like yeah. their moment and yeah. they appreciate that so it's more than just the cut yeah you know they appreciate the conversation too and then you know sometimes it's good to just pick it back off of each other they may have some information or some insight on something that you need i mean it's kind of like networking you sitting in yeah. my chair you're in a certain line of work with we're, we're networking i may have some knowledge that i've obtained through either somebody else or from doing my own research and then it may be something that you need so it's like you know it's i don't know it's kind of hard to separate the two bro it's very difficult to separate the two. That's what I was trying to see. It could, did you have a clear line? Like, because in our in in our space, I like the way that you put it. We're in a personal space, like where we're mm -hmm. building this barber client relationship. It's in a personal space. Like, you're, mm -hmm. you're this is a very intimate setting. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, here it is. You lining up somebody's mustache. You you in another <laughs> man's yeah. face. Like you right more there. <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, yeah, man. I remember this one time, man. Because you know how when uh, when people be when you trying to do the razor or whatever, mm -hmm. or you trying to like get around the mustache, get around the lip. They don't know tell, where to look. They don't know where to one one. They be all in you. <laughs> like they they can be all in your face <laughs> stare you down it's like hey man no eye contact in this moment <laughs> <laughs> that's one but two this time um you know you, you tell somebody to stretch their lip right so that's the term i use when i want somebody to you know i say stretch tuck your lip, lip in yeah tuck your lip in stretch your lip bite your lip one of the two like you just <laughs> just stretch this top like i'm trying to get you to do that Man, I had this one client, bro. This took about 10 minutes away from the haircut. Because <laughs> I was like, all right, stretch your lip real quick. And he was like. <laughs> he, he puckered up, man. I said, hey. Hey. <laughs> you got to draw the line somewhere. I said, hey. Hey, wake up. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. That was one of the funniest. That had to be one of the funniest moments, man. I I had to turn off. Well, the Clippers was off. I was using the razor, but I had to clasp him back up, man. Put him down for a second and just laugh because I could not <laughs> believe that's how he how confused he was with what I said. Like I said, stretch your lip, and he puckered up. I said, wait a minute, let me back nah, up. I'm too. I, I got one just as bad, bro. So I'm getting ready to line, you know, around the, the goatee area. Yeah, and I tell him, I say, uh. Hey man, you know, tuck your lip in, and he licked his lip like LL Cool J, right? Yes! I was like, bro, <laughs> you you wildin', bro. You got to chill. There should be no licking of lip before these lines touch your mouth. 
they got to stop. <laughs> and we just laughed it off. And we we both was rolling, bro. We was we was crying, laughing, but yeah. oh man, no. But this is this is this is the the point is that it's very difficult to draw the line mm-hmm. within the communication that you have in person, right? Because in person you are really dealing with intimate things Mm -hmm. from how close you are to the person from a physical standpoint. And then also how close you are from a person to a person from a emotional or relationship standpoint, like what Mm -hmm. you guys connect on. And I think it's a very good point that you brought up earlier is you're going to have deeper relationships with people based on personal interests that you all share. Mm -hmm. And so that's just what a relationship is based on, right? Is two people that relate on something. And so therefore right. it allows them to travel further. So a relationship. So when you think about the nature of what we do, have you noticed, and feel free to ask me questions too, D, because I don't want to take over and kind of like feel like, no, you're like, good. Like, like this is a like a one-sided interview. But at the same point in time, you got so much wisdom in regards to uh, how you articulate the different things that have happened to you, it just feels good to listen to you. So anyways, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, do you feel, or have you felt the, the pullback where you, you feel like, man, this person is too close to me because of the business though. It's not like they're too close in regards to a friendship. Mm-hmm. They're too close <clears throat> in regards, but they're not respecting your business because of your personal relationship. Have you felt that? And what, 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 what do you, what do you do? How do you handle this? So <laughs> uh, it's funny you say that. Cause I, I do have some of those too. And I can honestly say they do respect my business now, but we've had to have some heart to heart conversations. Like, because I'm real, I'm real big on, respecting the business so and i respect my business a lot and i expect the people who are involved with my business or the you know, that's around my business to respect my business as well because for instance and, and uh, i was mentioning this mentioning this to somebody the other day how small businesses are not respected enough mm-hmm. you know because we're a small business whereas people will respect a large conglomerate before they respect a the small business, meaning um, I just use this as an example, and I'm not going to go into detail because this is one of our uh, episodes, but price changing. So you will have people complain about price changing, um, but and or they'll tell you how to run your business. They don't feel that you should change your price, this, that, and the third. But you won't do that with Jordan, you won't do that with you know Nike, all these other shoe brands, or you won't do this, you won't do that with uh Chick-fil-A or whatever. You won't go tell a big conglomerate how to run their business or price changing. This is happening before us right now. The the market of everything is changing, everything is going up, no matter what industry you're in. And um, people will complain to you about your hours, they'll complain to you about your price. They will complain about, they'll find any little thing to complain about, right? So that's mm-hmm. my point. But um, when you when you show people how serious you are about your business, they have no choice but to respect your business. And it may come with a loss. It may come with somebody getting upset and they, they leave you and go somewhere else. But they're not leaving you because you cut bad. They're leaving you because they can't get over on you when it comes to running your business, whereas they go to somebody else and they're not as strict on their business. But I know for me, it's important for me to have structure because structure just makes your business so much easier, so much better. I've come from a place where I didn't have any structure, like just on my my own personal business. Like I was just doing whatever to please people. But then I had to learn that you still have to have boundaries set up. You still have to th- have things in place, even more so because you're responsible. You're just as responsible for your successes, success as you are for your failures. Yeah. So 
with that being said, you have to you have to draw the line somewhere. Like, hey, I appreciate you, but this is how I run my business. Like, but if- so with that, and I'm not to cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Not go to ahead. cut you off. But w- are you saying that for you, the conversations were necessary for a person to be able to respect your business because the business relationship? Or, you know, their personal relationship was superseding their relationship that they had with your business. So you had to have a conversation. Do you feel like that's the only way for for a person to, you know, like a client to be able to respect your business? Is like Sometimes you have to just have a heart to heart. Or. Yeah, it, it depends on how close you are with that person. Like the people I'm referring to, you know. We have gotten pretty close from a, you know, um, business relationship since. So I felt that the, and I'm not talking about no specific, you know, situation, but there are times where people can cross the line because they don't want to follow the rules or, oh, you, I got to go through this to book with you, or I got to go through this to be, are you making this change? Like, why are you doing this? And they'll keep talking to you about it, complaining about it, but you just have to let them know, like, this is how I decided to run my business. I know I was doing it this way, but I've grown in, you know, my personal life as well as, uh, you know, on the business note. And this is how I want to handle things moving forward. You know, no disrespect to you. I appreciate your business, but this is how things are being done going forward. And it's either... I, I had a saying is either they respect it or they reject it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, most of the time, and it's, it's how you talk to people too. You know, you can't just um, get emotional about what they may be saying. You have to be, you have to have a listening ear and hear them out and be clear of what they're trying to say to you. But you yeah. also have to be clear of what you're trying to say to them. Yeah. So, and I would say to add to what you're saying is understand your intent behind it like what was your motive behind the change Mm -hmm. because sometimes the clients although it's not their place to ask specifically because it's your business you can do what you want to do right Mm -hmm. because it's such an intimate setting and their relationship is not is like how like you mentioned uh like the market kind of going up and down going different ways or whatever but you have no relationships with any of the people that's making those decisions right you know you don't talk to the the head of the of shell corporation saying hey man why are you going up on the on the gas prices mm-hmm. you don't you don't even you can't even talk to them you, you and you know good and well the cashier ain't got nothing to do with it no. so <laughs> you don't you don't there's no need there's no there's no opportunity for the conversation like even you bring up the shoes like who, who are you talking to like who would right. you complain to you don't have no relationship with those people, but because they do have a relationship with us, when we make changes, they do feel the, um, I don't know the word to use, but they feel the opportunity to communicate how they feel because they're right there. Right, right. We Which is very, yeah, we're accessible and it's understandable, right? Mm-hmm. It's an understandable um, thing. However, if you don't have a structure in place for your clients to follow then they're going to do what they always done Mm -hmm. so it's important that you you set up a way of communication it's important that you like your policies are clear Mm -hmm. and it's not just you saying oh yeah i'm just doing this today you know you can't just like up jump the boogie and just charge whatever and and i've always explained changes to my clients whether it's via email or you know, I don't mind if you asking me why I'm doing such and such. And you know, I could tell you. Yeah. But the way that you communicate is is key. And not that you have to communicate, you know, because I, I, I see this on um on IG a lot where people using specifically like price increases. Well, they'll talk about um they'll say you don't need to tell your clients that you're going up on your price, just go up. You know, nobody else says go up here and go here. We're going up in two days or whatever. They just do it. Mm -hmm. And that's true. Like you don't have to. But because we're in a um, in such an intimate setting, it could be polite. You know, Mm -hmm. it could be polite to just let them know like, hey, in June, I'm going to do such and such. And 
but it does open up for communication though you yeah. got to be be on you have to be real about that like if you tell somebody what you're gonna do they're gonna mm-hmm. some people gonna ask you why you're doing it right you know and if you have a wrong motive behind it meaning man i'm going up because i just i just i just want to make some more money like right period. Right. That's the basis of your whole reason why you increase the prices, which is part of the reason why we increase our prices is we, we need to make more money or we want to make more money. But the conversation based on that motive is inconsiderate to the client. Anyways, right. my point is, is the relationship can get muddled when you don't have structure for your clients to mm-hmm. follow. And so that's why professionalism as you were mentioning earlier comes so much in the play professionalism has so much to do with how a person respects you like mm-hmm. and what you give them to respect if you don't have things in line for the clients to be able to follow then they will do what their emotions tell them to do they'll do what's most convenient for them they'll do what they feel is best for them like everybody's in the whole what's in it for me movement even you right right? even you as the barber you what's in it for me and they as clientele they're also like well what's in it for me and that's that's why if you don't have structure if you're not operating this thing in a professional manner then you'll lose clients simply based on lack of integrity from a business standpoint Mm -hmm. so i think that was that was very good little segment to kind of speak on because relationships are really really key but moving on from the professionalism and structure standpoint what are your one of your favorite client relationship stories like like how like you could probably go back in your mind and if this person is watching the podcast then they would also remember what you're talking about but you don't got to use names or nothing like that but give me one of your stories man of a of a memorable client that you have in the relationship that you've had man i need some time to think about that one bro that, all right was, i got one yeah got go one. go go i got one man so <laughs> i have this specific client man and I mean, this client, like you said, they've grown with me, man. Like, for Mm -hmm. real. They've grown with me. They've been with, like, so for people that don't know my history, uh, when I got into the industry, I got into a very well-known barbershop here in the Bay Area. I'm not going to name no names, but it was well-known in the community. Had a ton of walk-ins for for me to be able to build and make money. And then after I was in that environment for about a year, I got tired of the environment and felt like I needed a change because the environment wasn't conducive to who I was as a person. And I moved into a salon. Uh, Delmar has mentioned it before, Jovance, a salon. I think it was called Beauty and Wellness at that time, Jovance Beauty and Wellness. And I was the only barber there and this was the first time that i saw the difference between what a customer is and what a client is Mm -hmm. and so clients really do dictate a relationship it -hmm. dictates a relationship that supersedes the transaction which is what you do for the money and while i was in the old barbershop which had a lot of walk-ins and all of this stuff it was it was it was live I had a lot of customers, but I thought they were clients. Like I really thought they were clients. I thought that they were people that was going to stick with me. I was their favorite person at this barbershop. They just ranted and raved about uh, me. They even told other people about me like, hey, man, you got to check my boy out here at such and such barbershop. And so I was feeling very, very good about myself. And when I moved, literally only like four people came (laughs) with me. Right. So everything that I thought I had, I really I really didn't have because I had customers. I didn't have clients. There was no there was even friendship built in the barbershop that I had, but there was no business client relationship. I hadn't built that. I was just there and it was I was a very convenient person and I did quality work. So they liked me. Mm -hmm. So in this state, while I'm at this old barbershop. I have this client very dear to my heart, man. Like I would say one of the closest clients I have. 
And if he watches this episode, he gonna know. He's, I, he know you gonna know. I'm talking about you. You gonna know. I'm talking about you. And so this is my introduction to him and his personality and who he is as a person. And I'm sitting there and I'm I'm in my chair back in the day and you know the whole typical um, you walk in the barber shop and the barber sitting in the chair that was me and I'm like you need a cut <laughs> you like you need a cut and he was just like he walked up a little and he's tall right he's like probably mm -hmm. like six two maybe six two and his attire made me respect him from a safety standpoint like I felt like I needed to just make sure that I didn't offend him quickly. And so Yeah, on a suit? No, no, no. No, it looked like he <laughs> he he would damage my physical person. Oh, okay. If yeah, yeah, he looked like he had that appearance. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he was a teddy bear. He looked like Debo. Not Debo ish, more like DMX. Like <laughs> <laughs> So he had a, he had a different different <laughs> different presentation. Hey, you're my man. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so here I am. Uh, you know, I'm trying to offer my services to him. I say, hey, you know, did you need a cut? And so he he walks closer to me. And so I'm I stand up, you know, just to acknowledge his presence and let him know. And so he was uh he was just like, you know what thick is. <laughs> So I said, in my, like, there was so much that ran through my mind, right? <laughs> like, mind you, this is 2007. This is like 2007, early 2008, right? So thick at this point could mean a lot of different things <laughs> for me, right? Like, I think I'm like 20, 20, 21 or something like that. <laughs> and so he was like, you know what thick is? And I'm like, all right, let me make sure I get this in context because... <laughs> Because <laughs> my mind went in two, two completely different ways, man. I was like, "Are you talking about?" I had to clarify. I said, "Are you talking about like, like wide? Like, are you talking about wide, <laughs> or are you talking about like a different person, like a, a human or something?" That, that should I understand what I need to know the, the context of what you're talking about? And so, so he was like, "Do you know what thick is?" And he was just like, "The difference between thin." And thick, and I was just like, <laughs> "Wait, I, I was like, what are you talking? About? Like, what do you mean? Like, explain yourself." And so he was just like, "On my sideburns, on my sideburns, do you know what thick is?" I was like, "Oh, okay, now I know the context <laughs> of what we talking about." I was like, "Now, do you mean wide, or do you mean like the length of hair, like how long you want the hair to stay thick? You want it to appear thick?" And he was just like, "No, nah, I, I want it to stay wide." And do you know how to do that? So mind you, I didn't know this. I don't even remember seeing him before this moment. He was having an internal frustration with another barber that did not understand the word thick when he told him <laughs> to keep his sideburns thick. <laughs> and so he was just like, yeah, because somebody don't know. <laughs> somebody don't know. And I was like, oh. And I looked to the barber to my right and he was cutting and he kind of looked up and I was like, no, I got you, man. I got you. I know, I know what, I know what thick is. You can go ahead and take a seat, man. And so from that moment, man, he has been an outstanding client in a lot of different ways though. Like, and he is somebody that when I think about like a really good client, he's somebody that comes to my mind a lot because he has, like you said earlier, grown with me. Mm -hmm. So he's seen me change as a person. He's seen me change different things regarding to my business. And he stuck with me through all of it, like all of it. And he was with me when I was charging, man, I want to say like $18. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that was for everything. Like, <laughs> like I think it was, maybe it was like $23 for like the cut and the beard and all that stuff. Uh, but it was like he stuck with me through that like completely and now he's still with me to this day and i appreciate him so much and he's like an example of from what i would say a good client you know mm -hmm. because we have a friendship but we also have like i've set it up in my business where he can respect it mm -hmm. but this is one conversation um that i was able to have with him one time and this is why i appreciate clients that are honest Mm -hmm. Because clients that are honest with you can 
help you with your business if you listen to them. And that's why as a business owner, you have to be able to hear the complaints of people Mm -hmm. because they will really truly, if they care about you, they'll complain. If they care about being a client of yours, they'll complain. And you should never look at a complaint as a person not trying to understand who you are or an attack on who you are or what you're trying to do. They're presenting a different perspective so that you can see what changes you can make to allow your the changes that you want to implement more receivable. And yeah, so to, to our eye, we do everything perfectly, but that's not the case. Yeah. You may you, you may think you got this person fresh, but they like their cut or they like their facial hair a certain kind of way. So you have yeah. to take heed to that. Or the way that they book appointments with you, right? Or the way that the way in which they set their budget to be able to come to you a certain amount of times per month. And you're just changing their whole life up for, and you, you're not thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And in certain respects, it's not your job to think about them. But at the same point in time, a, a very good business does consider the people that they serve. Mm-hmm. A very good business considers the people that they serve. And when they make their adjustments in whatever way, they should want feedback so that they can know either if it affects the client a negative way or you just see the change in regards to how much money you make where people is like okay if you're gonna act like that then i'm gonna just do this right and they'll adjust for you but he was able to be honest with me one time um and kind of express himself and i'll never forget it man because it kind of hit me to the core he was just like you know sometimes uh you operate where i feel like this is just a transaction you know, you, you operate where it's, it's like sometimes you come across as if this relationship or this like there is no friendship or that's how I was receiving the information. He was just like, as this is as if as if this is no friendship, it's just a transaction. Mm-hmm. And I come, I get my service done, I pay you and then I leave. And I was I had to listen to him because I'm such about my business that I really had to consider and I looked at it and I was just like, okay, is this, does this have any relevance? Like, does this have any truth behind it? Because one way or another, I made him feel that way. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't negate his feelings, right? right? I can't negate your feelings and say that what you feeling ain't real. Uh, That's not my place to do that. But I can look at the different things that you're saying is causing you to feel that way and see if I can do any, any form of adjustments. And sometimes you can, and then other times you just can't. And this is really how the business has to run for you to continue to be successful and allow yourself to continue to grow. Because sometimes you can be successful in something and then you create a ceiling for yourself to where you can't get past it unless you do a major adjustment. And you don't really want to put yourself in that situation as a business. You want to always give yourself liberty to be able to continue your own growth process. But I'll never forget that conversation because it shifted the way that I approached certain things. It changed how I communicated certain things with, mm-hmm. with him as well as everybody else. And this is one key nugget. And I'll, I'll uh, pass the torch back over to you is when you are truly operating like a business, you don't treat anyone different, no matter how close you are to them. You don't have separate rules for people that are, are close friends versus people that tip more versus people that um, have been with you for X amount of years. Mm -hmm. You don't change your business structure for anybody because it allows you to then be fair for everybody. Mm -hmm. Because at at that point when you start to adjust and and juke and jive for different people based on outside things outside of your business structure, then that's where favoritism comes in. That's where, um, you'll start to see people feeling less than and people are feeling like they got an inside scoop on who you are and, oh, I could just do this with him, you know, or, oh, you know, come with me. I'll get you whatever. And that's not how a good business operates. So right. I'll pass the torch over to you, D. Yeah, no, that, that was super funny, man. I'm glad you cleared up what thick was. Man, yeah, I had to get clarity on that, man, because I, yeah, my mind at that point, I was thinking about a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> but now that uh, that brings me to an experience that I have with a guy, and I, I think we're we've been rocking with each other for about seven years now. I want to say six or seven years, 
But um, yeah, man. So this this one particular guy, I don't know if he's if he's listening or watching, but he gonna know exactly who I'm talking about. So uh, he was referred to me by a friend who started going to me around the same time, and uh, man, for whatever reason, we just could not see eye to eye, like. And then, you know, I had to grow up some too and, you know, be able to listen to some of the things that he was complaining about instead of mm-hmm. just being, you know, self-righteous, like, nah, this is how I cut this fresh, you know? So, man, we just could not see eye to eye, bro, for like the longest. And then, uh, you know, but he would consistently come. So this is one specific time <laughs> he, um, he overslept. So he no call, no show. So usually if it's like getting close to the time that I know he would arrive, I would text him if he's running a little behind. And I'd be like, yo, bro, where you at? And he would tell me, you know, he about to pull up. But this one specific time, I didn't, you know, because technically that's not our responsibility. Yeah. I was just doing it out of a kind gesture like, you know, hey, look, you know, you just started coming to me and just trying to make sure we get on the same page. And uh, this specific time, he no call, no show. Well, I texted him and was like, hey, bro, um, you know, I have to charge you for today's appointment. You no call, no show. So he calls me. He like, man, my bad, bro. I overslept. You know, I had something going on. Um, but, like, you really going to charge me for no call, no show? I was like, yeah, bro, that's my policy. Like, it's in every email. Like, and I, I at this time, I had it on my wall, like, Late late cancellations and no call, no shows on the whiteboard on my wall next to my station. <clears throat> yeah. So every, everyone at this point know what the policy is. So he got mad. He was like, Man, I can't believe you charging me. Yada yada yada. He said, Man, you can't uh you can't move me around till later. I was like, No, I'm pretty booked up late. This was a Friday too. So I definitely yeah. had no wiggle room to change him yeah. around. So he was like, Man, I can't believe you about the I was like, Well, you gotta look at it like you know, this was your responsibility to get up. Like the email goes out, you know, it's not my responsibility to wake you up or make sure that you're going to be here. Just, if I don't hear from you, I expect you to be here. If you didn't cancel within a certain amount of time, I expect you to be here. And especially on a Friday, like, man, yeah. Fridays are closer to the weekend you are. It's vital because especially at this point, I had the demand to where every spot count. So, yeah. If you didn't book that day, somebody was going to book. But if you didn't tell me ahead of time, then, you know, now I can't replace that spot, which means I can't. I'm losing money for that time. Yeah. So he got mad. Um, We kind of fell off. He stopped coming to me. He started going to another barber. (laughs) So like some months later, I seen him at uh, I seen him at L.A. Fitness at the time. Oh, wait. So he never paid you? He just stopped. He just ghosted you? No, no, I, I want to be correct about the situation because I still cut him today. He may have paid me, but he didn't come anymore. It might have been something like that. Yeah, like he gave you the money out of spite, like, fine, here. Yeah. Just take it. Yeah. I ain't coming to you right now. <laughs> okay. So he started going elsewhere. And uh, some months later, I run into him at LA Fitness. You know, he hoop, I hoop. So I seen him. I seen that he had his hair cut. So it, it was all love for me because I'm, I'm not a... I try not to be a spiteful person. I try not to get in my feelings about stuff like that. Like, you yeah. know, outside of work, outside of business, you know, you cool. Yeah. But when it comes to business, I, I have to handle business like I'm supposed to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we see each other. We, you know, dapped each other off. We spoke for a few minutes and then that was that. And then probably like another month or so later, he, he got tired of going where he was going and he started coming back to me. <clears throat> And he even apologized for how he handled the situation. You know, I apologize too because, uh, you know, I, I kind of got out of hand a little bit. And I, I'm I could be trans <laughs> I could be transparent enough to admit that I, I kind of got yeah. out of hand a little bit too. Like I said, I had to I had to mature. Yeah, but um, you know, we we spoke about it. We made everything right. <clears throat> it was all good, and he's been with me since day one. But man, when I tell you we couldn't get on we couldn't get on the same page, bro. Like he would. Every single cut, he would always have something to tell me about. Oh man, you brought my beard down a little too low. Oh, you did this, you did that. And I'm like, I'm just doing my job. But if you want this, okay, then this is what we're gonna do. Just be aware that it's not gonna look like this if we do it that way. So yeah, 
you know, once we got the communication and stuff understood, man, it was it was all all good. And he's like I said, he's still with me to this day. He come every Friday. He got a membership. Yeah. Um, so he come every Friday. He don't miss a beat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's all we always have good conversation now when when he comes and yeah, you know, we kind of had to work up to that. But hey, look, it we made it work. Yeah, man, and that's key. <laughs> so, how close do you think that you should be with a client? Like, just like if you're a barber mm-hmm. and you're thinking about you're trying to build your clientele, how? how do you go about doing it? Because you have to build a relationship of some sort. You have to build a relationship of some sort, but what do you, how do you do it? All right. What was your approach? I don't have a specific answer for this question because I, um, I treat each person accordingly. I'm trying to be careful how I say that because not that I treat anybody differently, but, um, you know, I try to treat them accordingly because everybody's different. You know, I wouldn't treat you like I would treat Dre. I'm just using y'all two as an example because y'all yeah. two different people and I know y'all very well. I wouldn't treat you like I would treat a Dre or I wouldn't treat Dre like I treat Trey. Yeah. Y'all are all three different people. So each each person I have my own relationship with. Yeah. You know, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's how I would go about answering that. Like, uh, you know. I know you love basketball, so if you was a client of mine, that's something that we could relate on, plus, you know, business stuff, you know, but somebody else may come in and their interest is completely different than mine, but it don't mean that we still can't be close, you know what I'm saying? Like, they still may have something to offer me. There may be some type of insight that they have that I might be missing, and I might need that, you know, so... That's, so do you do you go into each person that arrives, new person or or person of longevity? Do you go into each appointment looking at how to, I guess, for lack of a better term, strengthen your relationship? Like each appointment, you're saying, okay, how can I get closer to this person? Or each appointment, you're you're trying to add to the relationship, or is that mm-hmm. a mental thing that you do, or what? No, I would say. You know, at, at that time, well, with a with an older person who's been with me for a while, I would say that relationship is what it is at that point. Mm. But with new people, I try like it's to... Just, it just is what it is? What does that mean? Like, it's no, no more growth? What are you saying? No, because <clears throat> you still can grow. Like, you still grow with each other. So that's not what I'm saying. Like, okay, it's... I'm messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Now you you still you still grow with each other, but what I mean by it is what it is is that um I know how this relationship is already. It's, yeah. you know, it has a foundation, it could grow because that person grows and you grow as well. So I don't mean in the sense of negativity that the relationship is what it is, uh it can't it, it can't grow, it can't improve. But I just mean that you know, my relationship with that person is gonna be what it already it's established. Is. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's an established, established relationship. There you, go. there you go. It's an established I'm here relationship. For you. I'm yeah, here I appreciate for you. that. I was running over my words. It's all right. But, I got uh, you. With a newer person, I just try to I try to read the temperature in the room yeah. first thing. So it's like, you know, I have some clients who they say very little words. And it's cool. I'm a yeah. I'm a man, believe it or not, I'm a man of very little words. I don't really talk a lot. Um technically I'm an introvert, but being in this career field, it has gotten me out of my shyness and being introverted because you can't be that way if you're trying to be a successful barber. Yeah. So uh, I just try to read the temperature in the room and see if this person is talkative, if they're not talkative, if they kind of like in between, you know, what's their personality type? You know, how can I relate to them? Is there anything to relate to? You know, just basically trying to read the person and you know and let that de- let their relationship develop from there from the first initial visit and it may take two visits for them to open up i mean when people come into you when people come to you for the first time they have to be able to trust you before they can open open up to you because there's so much there's so much harm and you know things that people have been through in their own personal life yeah so you kind of have to be receptive to that. Like everybody now, you're just gonna come to you and be talking up a storm. That's just yeah. 
you know, people have been through things, people have been traumatized. So you kind of have to work around them as a professional, you know, yeah. and, and allow them. The thing is, what I'm trying to say is allow them to be comfortable. That's the big yep. They have to be comfortable with you. And yeah. once people are comfortable with you, they, they may decide to open up. They may not decide to open up. It's not nothing against you. It's just that person's personality. Yeah, I think that's a huge key is the goal that we can have as barbers is not to build relationships, but to make people feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's no matter what type of person that they are, what their background is in regards to their their interests and different things, because if everybody can't be comfortable, then you're limiting yourself on how much money you can make because of who you're going to attract. You know, too. Um, I noticed that early in my profession when I got into this industry was the first barbershop that I was in. It was very, for lack of a better term, it was very black focused, very hip hop focused. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I didn't grow up that way where I was always around just only black people. Mm -hmm. Me so, I. so I was a very like accepting person of, of all nationalities. But when I got into the barbershop space and even when like, yeah, like I think about it, the barbershops that I would go to is like, you know, typically black barbershops and I, you didn't see different nationalities coming in. And when I got into this particular place, I saw the treatment of how different nationalities were treated when they would walk in. Like it was almost like, why are you here? <laughs> and, you know, me, I didn't grow up like that. So I was I was like the only one that would be like, do you need a haircut? Now, I knew I couldn't fully execute the haircut that that person would want because it was a different, completely different cut. Like even mm -hmm. from the barber college that I went to where we were located was in a predominantly black and Mexican neighborhood. Right. Mm -hmm. Where everybody has shortcuts. It was all clipper cuts. So learning how to do sheer work and all that stuff. I didn't really learn that till I actually moved into going into Jovance mm. and kind of got into that salon space and then understood that. And I knew like principles, but I didn't really understand how to execute it. Right. So it was just interesting that I was paying attention to the fact how everybody wasn't accepted in this space. And when I branched off and I was able to get into um, Jovance, I saw how everybody was accepted it didn't matter your texture hair it didn't matter your mm -hmm. color of your skin it didn't matter if it was very rich it didn't matter you had to be able to afford the appointment but it didn't matter that you was you know considered like oh you 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 don't make a, this amount of money or you your income didn't really matter it's just can you it's afford a place it? For all people yeah, it was a place for all people and so when i saw that example that's what I was used to in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, I want to make sure that I have that same environment personally, because mm -hmm. you could be in an environment that it doesn't have that, 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 um, variety, mm -hmm. but you as an individual, you can allow that environment to be where you are. Right. So meaning you're in a seven person chair shop, the shop itself is predominantly, based on this specific thing but you are a person that can accept all people so yep. you promote to all people even when you post on instagram you 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 post all people mm -hmm. you don't just only post a certain demographic of haircuts that you do right. or services that you do you promote all of it because you want to attract the most amount of money that you can and your ability to allow a person to be comfortable not that you have to relate on every specific thing, like, oh, they like basketball. I like basketball. Cool. We can connect. They might have a completely different background than mm -hmm. you. And one of the key things that I've found is when I don't have anything to relate on, I can learn on. Mm -hmm. So if I don't, if I don't connect with you with any specific thing, I can be inquisitive about everything. And you might not talk about everything. And like you said, you kind of read the temperature. You you understand a pulse of a person. But I learned asking questions so that I can learn allows a person to feel comfortable so that they can be themselves in front of me. You know, they they'll they'll if if they feel like they're teaching me something or they're giving me something new, then they're more easy to open up and communicate. And therefore, I can learn about them so I can see what I can connect with them on. So, yeah, man, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I think you did a good job as an interviewee. 
I think you did a great job as an interview interviewer. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, But I don't want to belabor this topic any longer. I feel like we really had a good episode. This is episode number three, right? Yep. 103. 103. For those of you who are confused, it's not episode 103. This is just the first season, the third episode. So we decided to title it 103 and such forth. Yeah, I wasn't familiar with this, but he says that this happens on like all major productions, yeah. all major productions, and we want to be major productions, so yeah. we're gonna follow suit. And I'm with it, I'm with it. But for this episode, I hope that you all feel elevated. We were talking today about uh relationships and the client relationships that you have, having business respect and understanding how to incorporate that inside of your relationships, whether it be a personal relationship mixed with business, or if it's just a business relationship between you and your client, how to handle that. We also shared a lot of uh, very good stories. We understand <laughs> what the definition of thick means. And we also understand <laughs> how to deal with the clients that you may not see eye to eye on, but mm-hmm. how you can grow through things with your clientele and how your clientele actually grow with you as a person, how they grow with you as you mature in your business. And when you actually have structure set up, it allows a client to actually respect you and follow you through your growth because they, you know, they don't feel like they're getting tossed everywhere, but they're actually able to follow your lead. So today's episode was good. Delmar, I'm gonna let you go ahead and sign off. This is the Prince here with my co-host Bradford Kelly. And uh, stay elevated, people. We stay out. elevated. We out. It's always time to level up. I'm going to make sure I press re- uh, stop recording this time. Yeah, because you missed it last time. Yeah, I did. It's all good. All, all right, right, people. Y'all. We'll see y'all next episode.